Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I am your host Janice Sutherland, career strategist for black woman over 40. Now it's that time of that time of month again where you get to hear the replays of let's just call it the This Woman Can Live um, that I do on LinkedIn once once a month. And for the July edition, we were talking all about microaggressions and dealing with microaggressions as a mid-career black woman how destructive they can be when you're having to navigate microaggressions, the impact it can have on your career, and more importantly, how to handle them. So that's the replay you're going to hear today. Now, if you're listening to this in real time, the, you'll be just in time for the August edition um, that is coming up on August the 9th at 12 o'clock, um, 12 o'clock Eastern time uh, on LinkedIn Live. If you're not already following me on LinkedIn, I am Janice Sutherland. Please feel free to connect. But we'll be talking uh, all about burnout. And to be honest, it was spurred out of some of the feedback I had from last month's um, live live conversation. So we're going to be talking about black women and navigating burnout and the impact it has. So understanding what burnout is, how to recognize it and overcome it, the difference between burnout and stress, because there's a difference, the impact of burnout on black women and their careers. Looking at the differences, are black women treated any differently uh, as opposed to other races when it comes to burnout and how companies can support women to prevent or experience burnout? I have two fabulous panellists, Julie Turney, who is a HR advocate, former HR, but really works in the burnout field for HR. She's HR for HR. And Henneke Watkins-Porter, who had a severe case of burnout, so going to be sharing um, her journey. In fact, all three of us are going to share our experience of burnout. So please feel free to join us. As I said, August the 9th, it's this live uh, on LinkedIn at 12 o'clock Eastern time. And I really hope to see you there. If you have any questions you want to post the panel uh, beforehand, by all means, remember you can contact info at JaniceSutherland.com to um, submit your questions or you can go on to my, connect to me on social media. I am Janice Sutherland, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and drop your questions there. So that's it for this week. I want you to have a listen Tell me what you think about um, the topic and what came out of the conversation between myself and Rebecca Hemmings. Um, it was a very in-depth conversation, very open conversation. So I'd really love to have your feedback. And as I said, what topics do you want me to cover in the live? And make sure you follow us in the lives because um, that's a really great way to get live responses and live answers. And as always, so I don't speak to you again, you're going on vacation, it's August, have a fabulous time. And remember, if I can, you can, this woman can, take care until next time. Hey everybody, hey everybody, and welcome back. Welcome to this month's edition of Black, Female and 50 Plus, The Power Trifecta. I'm your host, former corporate CEO turned career strategist, Janice Sutherland. And let before I kick off, before I start, if you've ever wondered what a career strategist is, I'm the woman you need in your corner to not only help you uncover and rediscover the career you want, but also to guide you and strategize with you regarding how to obtain it. Especially when we get to our mid-careers that we've invested so much to get to this point, where we are that the most difficult thing to do is to know how to get to your next chapter. 
So as I said, thank you for joining us joining us today. And over the past few months, this is the fifth edition of, the, of, of Black Female 50 Plus. And we have discussed a number of topics. So what it's like to be a black woman over 50 in society and the world of work, how to dress in your 50s, strengthening your mental wellness as a mid-career black woman, and how organizations can, can support. And last month, we all talked about staying recruitable when you're over 50. But this month, um, we're tackling a topic that there's not one black woman I know who hasn't experienced it. Those seemingly innocuous uh, comments, actions, no, where are you really from? Oh, you speak so well. When did you qualify or where did you qualify? No need to be so angry. Oh, I can't pronounce your name. Is it okay if I just call you? Or we can't let you go on that program right now. There's far too much to do when your white colleague is away studying from the office every single week. Now, I know you recognize that list and I'm more than certain that you can add your own. And just to bring that back to full day, um, I am just back off a trip from the UK. And I suppose I was in my little safety cocoon living where I live right now. But the all too telling signs popped up for me whilst I was there, being followed by the security guard in the supermarket. And there was an instance when I tried to purchase something, an exhibition that I paid to attend. And as I stood waiting to be acknowledged by, you know, by the woman at whose stall it was, she literally looked through me. Now, you may think, well, look through you, but we know that look. We know what it looks like. She addressed everyone else. She addressed the people that were behind me. And as I stood there, those feelings, those familiar feelings came rushing back. And I thought, why am I even contemplating giving this woman my money when someone who doesn't acknowledge my existence? And with the transition back to the office, working, you know, working back, back in place, Organizations are encouraging women to come back to, to the office, but for some black women, for some of us, they're feeling the stress of returning to a space that never felt safe for them. And we're gonna talk about microaggressions today. And I have, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about, I have someone who's a bit more versed in microaggressions and how we look to navigate them and minimize the impact of our career. So let me introduce to you this month's guest, Rebecca Hemmings. She's the founder and director of Strawberry Words Training and Development Company, actually based in my home city. We've never met before till, till, till re quite recently, mm. Birmingham, UK. And Strawberry Words is dedicated to enhancing human relationships and improving the lives of culturally mar marginalised um, people. And Rebecca has over 20 years experience in delivering training in cultural psychology, anti-racism and community engagement. That's a lot, Rebecca. Thank you <laughs> so much for joining me today. Um, and for the audience, I just want to say this isn't a one way thing. I want you to participate. I'm actually going to pop up some questions on screen um, for you to kind of give your feedback as well at the same time. So, Rebecca, tell us why the interest for you in microaggressions. Um, well, I think it's very similar for most. Um, I'll start by saying ethnic minorities. Then I'll say women. Then I'll say black people. Then I'll say black women. Mm -hmm. 
um, especially as a black woman, to be very yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, just because, and I said this yesterday when I was promoting this, like before I found out what microaggressions were, living in the UK, even though I was born yeah. here, it felt like being in a strange land. Certain things would happen. People would speak to me in certain ways. And I, I'd just be confused as to why is that happening? Why are they speaking mm. to me in that way? Why am I responding in the way that I'm responding? What is this thing? So once I discovered what microaggressions were, were they just opened up a whole new world. It was like, oh my gosh, finally, I'm getting answers. It makes sense. And yeah. for me, I feel like I've got the gift. I have a gift now in being able to teach people about these because through teaching people, the treatment will, my hope is, will yeah. eventually get better. <laughs> we can, but we can, but hope. So for those who are listening and probably not quite sure what a microaggression is, can you give us a description? Yeah, the simplest way to put these, because there's many different descriptions, it's an, a, an insult or an invalidation that's usually unintentional, but not always, yeah. that communicates to ethnic minorities um, that you are unwelcome, incapable of performing well, invisible and untrustworthy. And I think those are the bits to hang on to that because it's we receive what they communicate. We receive not being seen, as you said in your introduction. Yeah, yeah. We receive being seen as not being capable um, or not being worthy of being trusted. That's what we feel, that's what we see. Mm. Um, and so they're very, they're very damaging. Um, I, I do wish, however, they weren't called microaggressions. Um, it was uh, Chester M. Pierce, who um, was from Harvard University in the 70s, he created the the term and I don't know if a lot of people know but originally the term was purely to describe insults against black people um, right. but as time went on it then became it is now used for all marginalized groups of people so I yeah. you know when I'm talking about race and microaggressions I'll be specific about racial microaggressions but, but yeah. of course as a woman uh, as yeah. a member of another marginalized group you can face them also. Yeah. And adding being over 50 as well. Yes. And um, that's, you know, so there's a lot, there are lots of different things, little, I suppose, little things that kind of crop up sometimes um, that we, we kind of, I suppose, we take on the chin, so to, so to speak. But um, so I think you kind of answered the question a little bit, Rebecca, but or are all microaggressions the same? No, definitely not. Um, there are three main types. You've got your micro assaults, and that's intentional. So this is where it's a microaggression that happens in a, a private setting, but it's very intentional. So this looks like um, somebody saying to, let's say a manager saying to a black mm. woman, well, you know, I know you only got the job because, you know, of your race. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it's because it's in a private setting that makes it a microaggression. Otherwise yeah. it will be your typical overt form of racism. Uh, then you've got micro, um, micro insults. This is when you uh, demean or when a person's um history or culture is demeaned so mm. saying something like uh, oh you speak very good english you know um, i often hear that from you know many people from west africans to wherever yeah. um so again because what, what does that really say it's really saying that well if you don't speak good english you're not very of um great value mm. And, and also what's it saying about all the people in the community that um, don't speak like that, but also you're a representative of that community. Yeah. It's just an yeah. insult all the way through. Or yeah. the one that I always get is, um, oh, you're very eloquent. 
you're, um, you know, you're very eloquent and um, you know, yeah, you speak very well. And I, so I always come back with, well, why wouldn't I be yeah. eloquent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have your micro invalidation. So micro invalidations is basically when your experiences are dismissed. So these are so common. And, you know, again, you'll know all of them. Oh, I, I don't see um, skin color, you know. Oh, you're using the race card. Um, yeah. All of those. And so they dismiss the experiences. And it's essentially they're a form of gaslighting because they're saying, yeah. no, what you're saying is not real. Um, yeah. And we just want to stop talking about it. So, yeah, just shush and let's talk about nicer things. Mm, mm, let's just let's just put it to a side. Yeah. Now, the, the reason this was I kind of, I, I picked this as a topic for this month was um, I run uh, regular roundtables, women of colour roundtables in, le mm. in leadership roundtables. And one of the things we talked about was um, microaggressions. And I kept thinking, you know, I cannot believe, if you, you know, this ish is still going on. And these were younger women to me, maybe 20 years difference. You know, I'm in my 50s now. And I'm thinking, I dealt with this all this so many years ago. I can't believe it's still going. Mm. However, my question, I suppose my question was, I suppose here, was has, how has this, that's a question here, how has society, do you think, conditioned baby boomers, I'm on the cusp of baby boomer, or Gen X women to react mm. to microaggressions, do you think? I think that there's a difference. Um, I think with uh, Gen X, sorry, that's Gen X would be my generation, right? So I think we've and again i'm generalizing everybody's yeah, different yeah, yeah but i think the difference is we kind of grew up realizing that they happen but kind of just kind of pushing through anyway kind of brushing them to the side mm. whereas i think baby boomers they've kind of had enough <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of like look i've been through this ish as you say yeah, so many yeah. times take me for who i am or yeah. i'm out of here i've, I've yeah. seen so many women who have that um sort of attitude now and i can understand because if you've had years and years and years of it there comes to a comes a point where you think well yeah. that is i've just had enough yeah 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 going to that situation where i where i, where I met um, when I was back in Birmingham and I was like, wow, I live in a country where, you know, I've probably got, I've probably been cocooned a little bit because I don't have to deal with that per se, but I'm not mm. going to lie. I wanted to go all the way back. Mm. It was everything I could do not to say that I'm not, you know, who, who, who are you, yeah. you know, and quite rightly, but I also think back in the day, um, speaking from my age, we were told to respect or the way you're going to get ahead Mm. is by towing the line or even using the phrase play the white man type yeah. of thing and yeah. you know just accept that's how it is mm. but I think now definitely from my career perspective yeah I'm I'm not going to take that anymore I'm yeah. not going to take that anymore I think that's definitely where I that's definitely where I am right now um Audience, if you have any questions, feel free to drop questions in the in the chat. We want to hear your point of view from us talking about it. But we want to hear, you know, what microaggressions have you ex you experienced? Has your attitude towards them changed as you've aged? And even how 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 have microaggressions, your experience of microaggressions, impacted your career? So drop your questions in the chat because you know we want to answer them. We want to be upfront mm. about it. Sorry, Breck, you were going to say something. Oh gosh, you asked me now. Um, I was, yeah, it was just about um, the fact that since 2020, obviously, since what happened, you know, the murder of George Floyd, um, obviously, there have been a lot more conversations in the workshop, work, 
place around race. So the great thing I'm seeing now is that people have just kind of had enough. Black people, black women have had enough and they're speaking up, they're speaking about their experiences. And so I am noticing a shift. There's a lot lot more bravery in in Mm. tackling the topic. And what I always find really um, rewarding actually is when I'm teaching about microaggressions within organizations is that you know we all know what microaggressions are even if we hadn't heard the word we felt them but just by really understanding what they are the different types how they cause harm how you can challenge them and so on it empowers people and and just the fact that they're having these conversations in the presence of their white colleagues they're being validated they're being seen Mm. and that's the feedback often get is ah finally we're talking about this we need to talk about it more because far too often problems have just been swept yeah. under the carpet yeah 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 i totally agree with you there and that's that's i suppose that's so that's, that's progress mm. Mm. I, guess, mm. I guess that's progress mm-hmm. so so looking back so coming back to us as women um and the mid-career the mid-career woman how do microaggressions impact us impact our careers Oh, well, let's go with the personal first. I mean, there's so many different ways in which it impacts us. Um, It can lead to, uh, as you know, stress. Stress is you're thinking, should I have dealt with that? Should I have said something? Oh, but if I say something, someone might think I'm I'm racist and then that might ruin the relationship. And if that ruins the relationship, you know, they might go and tell somebody else and then I'll have, you know, a really uncomfortable working environment. But if I don't say something, I'm letting myself down. So you kind of Mm -hmm. constantly got this mind chatter, this intrusive cognition. And then, you know, that leads to, um, gosh, you feeling as though, well, wondering also, um, is, did that comment, was that comment made because of me being a woman? Or was it made because I'm black? Or was that person just a horrible person anyway? Attributional bias. Um, I'm I'm remembering the phrase. Um, Is it because of that? I'm not sure. Um, Then that can lead to a lack of desire to show up as who you are we all know about code switching assimilation we change who we are um in order to fit in to the yeah. environment and it's almost yeah. certainly with code switching it's a form of it's a, it's a survival mechanism yeah. if you're able to go into a workplace and not code switch as a black woman you yeah. are very blessed and it's usually a rare group of people that can do that yeah. completely usually yeah. they're artists who can be creative and kind of just yeah. say the world um but most people have to conform in some way shape or form to get by um so and then yes obviously it can lead to racial weathering where you then physically take on the impact Mm. of having to deal with these this racial trauma because it is a form of trauma which we're constantly exposed to and that's made worse because we don't uh, they're not openly spoken about so just keep happening because people can pretend that damage isn't being done yeah 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 yeah. so in terms of people's careers what that also means is that as you lose that confidence because this happened to you time and time again you might not go for a particular position you might Mm -hmm. not think you're worthy you know you really might embody that imposter syndrome um also know from the top if people are you know directing microaggressions at you if they deem you as Mm -hmm. incapable unworthy not intelligent enough you just might not be seen as worthy enough to be offered a particular role or to be offered a a raise or whatever it might be so there's many different ways unfortunately in which it can and does affect black women yeah yeah and i'm glad you said there imposter syndrome because it's not always imposter syndrome it's more the sense of belonging 
Yes. Because we can't, we, we kind of know that, look, this isn't, this, this isn't feel right. The spidey sense are tingling and we're not being welcomed here. You're saying one thing, yeah. but the vibes and what I'm seeing are totally, are to are totally different. Cause it's yeah. not always verbalized either. Yeah. No, no, it can be, no. it can be the action. It can be the actions that are taken. Or inaction. Inaction. Or the inaction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're not ready. You're not ready for that yet. Mm. You mm. know, but hang on mm. a minute. I'm the most qualified person here. I've been doing it longer, blah, blah, blah. Or what I've seen in some situations where persons have brought in um, younger, maybe white males to do the jobs because you're yeah. not ready yet, but I'm the one that's got to teach the per people. Yeah. How does yeah. how does that how does that work? Yeah, and there's all sorts of unconscious biases in play as well. You know, there's the halo effect where someone mm -hmm. who might have a degree from Oxford or might be that white male just might yeah. be seen as the ideal yeah. person for that yeah. particular role. And you've got the horn effect, unfortunately, being um, projected onto you and you're just seen as not a worthy candidate. So there's there's a lot at play. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So so. How, you know, I talked about going all the way back when I experienced that microaggression. So, but that's, you know, in the workplace, you can't do that. So how should we react? How should we navigate them when they, when they happen to us? Well, the, the, the advice is from studies is that where possible, you want to educate people around them, yeah. um, about them even. Um, because when you educate somebody about them, number one, you disarm them so they stop attacking you mm -hmm. because you want to be stopped from being attacked. But then you educate them you educate them so that they're far less likely to do it again. And I'll give you an example of this. I mean, there's different ways in which you can do that. They're called micro challenges. So right. you can be confrontational. You can say, you know, um, what did you mean when you said X, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and really just, you know, say what it is. Or, you know, the typical um, being a black person in a lift and the person, the white person's cowering in the corner. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to attack you just because I'm black. I'm not going to attack. No, you could be that upfront about it. But not everybody has that sort of confidence or has that emotional energy to do that. And so one of the ways in which I found really, really useful, but quite simple, is to make sim um, simple utterances. So I'll give you an example of this. I mm. was at the airport recently with my daughter and I, I bought tickets to go in the fast track but that was actually taking mm. longer than the other queue. And so the yeah. security card, security guard looked over, looked at the group of white guys behind me and said, oh, do you guys want to come over? And I said, wow. Mm. Everything is like, everything just stopped in that moment. Yeah, 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 and all yeah. of a sudden, oh, no, no, I didn't see you there. Come over, ma'am. All of a sudden, he's scanning my passport and I'm, I'm all the way through. So what mm. that does is it stops the action. It lets that person know that something yeah. wasn't cool. There's, yeah. a, there's also an audience. They're yeah. listening. Oh, would that have been racist? Yeah. He wants to yeah. fix that quick time. So, yeah. you know, just by saying that one word in that way, made a it was a way of challenging it. Made yeah, a difference. yeah, thanks for that. We just had a comment pop up. Let me have a quick look at the comment that we got popped up. So what was it? Uh, so, so I actually had a conversation with a co-worker, re-comment, don't see skin stroke colour. Mm -hmm. She's now close to being an ally and, and understands more because we're open to share and she was open to listen, understand. That's re that, that's education, as you said. Oh, absolutely. Um, so she had the conversation about don't see. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important because it's one yeah. of the most common micro invalidations. Yeah. Um, you know, I always say that, you know, this is my little an analogy with I don't see colour. Uh, and people tend to get it when I say this. Like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at myself and think, hmm, I'm looking very black this morning. You know, I don't brush my teeth and think, yeah. 
I'm still black. You know, it's only when I turn on the TV, go in the shop and I'm followed around, you know, turn on the TV and see the latest yeah. racist incident, follow, yeah. being followed around the shop. I'm in the workplace. Oh, can I touch your hair? You know, all that sort of yeah. stuff. I'm reminded I'm black. So being black is very much a part of my identity, not because I make it that way, but because society does. So yeah. when yeah. someone says, I don't see your race, I don't see your skin color, what they're really saying is, I want you to shut down the whole part of you because it makes me yeah. as a white person feel really uncomfortable it's yeah. it's called white centering so when somebody understands that they get that they are actually saying to someone don't be authentic you don't belong so yeah. and, and most people so you know to be fair do don't want to cause harm don't want to offend don't want to hurt someone's feelings so when they understand that concept it just makes it a little bit easier to part ways with such a common way of thinking but you know and a question has popped up for me and it wasn't our questions we talked about but why is it our responsibility to educate these people Unfortunately, because nobody else is talking about them. Nobody else, you know, nobody else has the energy to want to end them. No one's motivated like we are. I mean, yeah. what, well, in an ideal world, we want allies to be able to yeah. also jump into conversations and say, I say this, you know, when a microaggressions happen, a microaggression happens and there's an ally in the vicinity, the, the, the least they can do is to acknowledge the fact that it happens. Let's say you're in a meeting, mm. you're being spoken over. Um, and let's say that ally didn't have the confidence to say, well, that wasn't cool. You weren't letting yeah. her speak. So that doesn't happen. What they at least want to do is say, hey, Rebecca, I saw what was going on in the meeting. That mm. wasn't cool. Because all of a sudden, wow, I'm seen. You saw what yeah. happened. I'm not going crazy. It's, yeah. it's really going on. You're yeah. validated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know? And, 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 yeah. And it is that thing because like, no, she did. No, they didn't mean it like mm -hmm. that. And it's like you know, you, now you're invalidating how I feel <laughs> when I know I felt it, yeah. and it's not the first time I felt it. Yeah. You know? So let me see. I've got one more. Another comment just popped in. Yeah. Um, let me look at this. I have found during my experience in multilateral and corporate spaces, there is an undertone of expectation regarding a black woman's look. How should your hair look? How you should dress? How much makeup is appropriate? While living in the UK, I've also had multiple people over the years ask to touch my hair when they're really saying it looks way too different than it should from my white peers. <laughs> were the moment were the moments that I knew was not the environment? Those are the moments I knew it was not the environment for me. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. The touch of hair. Touching of hair. I mean, I mean, the touch of hair. I mean, we have <laughs> lived through this. I'm like, I'm 57 years old, yeah. and like. And is your hair really yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, unfortunately, you know, going back to your question around it, why should it be our job to um, educate? Unfortunately, it is because if in those yeah. moments you don't say something, you're going to feel really bad that, you know, you didn't say something. And if it goes to happen again, you're going to be, it will just play on your mind. So unfortunately, mm. in order mm. to get through this, we have to educate them. And I think things have progressed. Yeah, I, I know it still happens, but I, I feel as though it's not <laughs> happening as much. People still ask the questions, yeah. but they're going to touch thing. I think that is calming down somewhat because people have been yeah. more open. There's a lot of um, information on the internet about black women's hair and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, but mm. we still have a long way to go. Mm, yeah, definitely. So the question I got for you, Rebecca, is how do we keep ourselves safe in this environment? Yeah, well, as opposed you know, to challenging is how we keep how we keep ourselves safe. Yeah, it's really important to have a um, a support 
network and mm -hmm. and not I know not every single person is going to have that but if you have people that yeah. you can speak to whether it's your your white allies or whether it's you no know, your bona fide girlfriends then yeah. then do that because it's so it, it releases um that tension that stress yeah. that trauma we all need need an outlet um get a journal, write in the journal. I, because I talk about race all the time, I see a therapist every single week. Wow. So if anything comes up in the sessions, bam, yeah, I'm yeah, dealing with it. Yeah, Look, I've had yeah. cancer, I'm not trying to go there again. So I make sure that there is an outlet for that. This work is important yeah. to me, but at the same time, yeah. I have to stay healthy. So the really yeah. important thing is that you, you find a way to deal with whatever mm. is on, that's on your mind because what makes people sick is holding it in, mm. getting yeah. angrier and angrier, not letting yeah. that frustration out. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And one of the things I one of the things I find crop up with my clients is that it's sometimes it's all of a sudden that they one of the things they relate to me is that you understand, you can relate. You're not going to diminish how I felt in that moment yeah. and I can and I feel safe having that conversation yeah. with you because I'm you know I'm not always going to say you, I'm not going to say oh you're just brushing it off I'm going to mm. say whether I believe it or not mm. there's a chance it's more true than not if that makes yes. sense yeah yeah you know yeah. so you so they feel a lot safer sharing those experiences yeah yeah and um I have, I've created this woman can community and I find a lot of women are now sharing those experiences they've had at work that yeah. they've never been able, especially I know for many years, I was the only white face in the room. I'm sorry, only yeah. black face mm -hmm. in the room, mm -hmm. you know, so there was no outlets or there was no, you know, I was a black leader and, you know, even as black leaders, you know, and as you sort of like George Floyd and stuff like that over the past few years, mm -hmm. the, the, what I saw was the environment had thought, well, only leaders come in white because how should the articles were, how would you as a white leader deal with the race question in mm. your office? Mm -hmm. But actually, leaders come in black too. Yeah. Yeah. So and then and it's a, and it's a slightly different a slightly different nuance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even that though, this is why I say that everybody needs this education on, on microaggressions and just and anti-racism and racism in general. Because you do, you know, just because we're black doesn't mean that we're, you know, we know everything about racism. Yeah. Not everyone's done the studying. And my wish is, my hope is that more black people, black women, educate them more. So because it arms you, it, you know, you're able to then eloquently communicate your needs communicate mm -hmm. the problems sometimes people just don't have the words you know and i think that's why i that is why i feel so empowered doing this work is because i'm not able to say exactly what it is and i want to tell yeah, you yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. actually this has been studied for for, for years and mm. and it's a thing and a lot of people just don't know how to express themselves and so it can make it very yeah. difficult to make themselves yeah. understood yeah, yeah. So, so just 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 kind of piggybacking on that, Rebecca, what should organizations be aware of when dealing with microaggressions and how can they create a safer environment for black women? You know, I had somebody I was working with a university the other day and somebody had said to me, you know, they've got um, a new person coming in, um, an ethnic minority, and they really want to make sure that this person is uh, supported and they don't face racial microaggressions but unfortunately um you know the news i had to share was they're going to face microaggressions like yeah. we're just not there yet where it's not yeah. going to happen so i think the first thing is just acknowledging that it always happens they 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 they're daily occurrences and they're you know often people would dismiss microaggressions as you know saying well we all um, receive insults um but it's a systemicity mm -hmm. of microaggressions that make them so yeah. Yeah. the first just that acknowledgement yeah. piece 
because if you don't understand what well, num- number one know what they are but number two acknowledge yeah. that they happen on such a regular basis how you even begin to go going to, to begin to deal with them and then it's knowing how to manage difficult conversations around mm-hmm. microaggressions mm-hmm. when they pop up you know people get tongue-tied people get paralyzed people they do want to shut the door in the conversation because they simply do not have the words if they're not their racial literacy is not developed so again it's about developing that racial literacy even on a very basic level understand Mm -hmm. what systemic racism is and how that might impact or does impact Mm -hmm. your your black Mm -hmm. staff your ethnic minority staff so yeah Yeah. it's, it's very much about an education piece initially and then it's about having the policies to back that up to make sure that yeah. people are held to account when racist behavior mm. happens you know i'm i'm yet to find the the unicorn that is a racial safeguarding policy there is i haven't come across an organization that has that but you know if yeah. you can have safeguarding policies for you know um you know sexual harassment and all sorts of things yeah, bullying yeah. and so on yeah, why do yeah. we not have that for racial harm given that it's so common so anyway yeah. i'm not gonna talk about it forever but those are the, the, a few things that organizations can start with and, and just to add on to that you talk about policies and stuff like that is this a hr responsibility these are responsibility responsibility of everyone from the top right down yeah. because um you know i find that there's some people in in the hr departments that are really passionate about this work as they usually are mm-hmm. um but then mm-hmm. they don't have the support from the, the top there isn't the desire that all the yeah. resources or the finances to mm-hmm. to change things or the will so it has to start yeah. from the, the top and right throughout the organization yeah 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 so my last question on this that i've the my prepared question um what are the ways and we touched on allies earlier mm. so but what are the ways that allies can help combat combat microaggressions and maybe describe what an ally is because you know mm. to me this is a this is almost a woke word i don't want to say work but you know but i didn't have allies when i was coming up through i I was going yeah, I mean, in fact, I'll explain three words to you. That there's there's the actor. So there's an actor who basically acts like they're you know on your side, um, yeah. but that's performative. So they just basically that yeah. the intent isn't good. They want to make things look as though um, they're you know th- make it look as though they're, they're anti-racist, but they're not really. They just want to look good. You know, this is when like people mm. put their black mm. squares on social media. That yeah. that's very yeah. much the actor. Yeah, then yeah. you have your your ally. So your ally is a person who is by your side saying, look, I'm going to use my privilege in this context as a white person mm-hmm. to to use my voice to help you wherever I can. So I'm beside you. Now, I'm not going to put myself too much at risk because, um, you know, I'm not putting myself in your shoes, but I'm going to help you out where I can. I recognize that I have privilege. So I'm going to do that. Um and then you have your activist. This is your person who is your ride or die. They're going to go out on the on the pickets with you. They're going to protest. They're a disruptor. And they're basically saying, yeah. your fight is my fight. We're going to tear yeah. this place down and we're going to get justice. So I think it's important to understand the context of that because people will fall into each area at different times. It's not linear. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, you're not always an ally. Sometimes you might fall back into um, being an actor or you might go mm-hmm. as far as being that disruptor. So, yeah. Um, but generally, it's, it's using your privilege as an ally um, to help the cause of anti-racism. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that wasn't my last question. i got one more question. Mm. So if you had to share one piece of advice for a mid-career, mature woman, um, facing microaggressions or navigating this right now what would that one piece of advice be 
See, I'm all about personal happiness. I, you know, I, I really am. And, you know, my my honest answer to that is to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, first and foremost. But if you feel as though, you know, you have to remain in that environment, number one, you know, load yourself up, you know, educate yourself as much as possible about this. Try and get, try and find out who your allies are, leaning yeah. on them, leaning on the people that have influence to try and make change and, and definitely make sure you've got a support mechanism. Again, whether that's a friend, a journal or a therapist. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And I think we've got some yeses. Some people are actually accepting. So I didn't have many questions this month, uh, this, this month, but um, I know it's a hot topic. I know it's a very mm. hot topic. So if anybody wants to have conversations or follow up with you, Rebecca, you know, from an organisation perspective, you know, you do a lot of work with organisations. How can they get in, get in contact with you? Yeah, well, um, certainly join, link with me on the LinkedIn page. So Rebecca Hemmings, as my name is spelt here, certainly connects with me. Um, as I say, I teach people about microaggressions and anti-racism all the time. So you're very welcome to jump on to one of the online courses also. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn is the first and the best place to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca. Really valued your input. You're very welcome. Thank you. And keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks, everybody, for joining me this week or this month, should I say, in Black the 50, Black Female 50, the power trifecta. Um, we've got more topics coming up. Uh, I would love to hear from women um, in the 50 plus um, bracket who are maybe uh, working with young children, working with maybe older children. Maybe you're even um, one of the sandwich generation. You're looking after um, elderly pa elderly parents. I'd love to tackle more of those topics, bring to light some of the challenges that women, black women 50 plus are facing. So if there's any, and if there's any other topics you suggest you think I should, I should cover off, feel free to contact me again, um, either via LinkedIn or at my email, info at, Jan info at Janice Sutherland. Com. Um, we've got some more topics coming up. I'm going to be talking about pensions because it's very close to my heart, what you're looking for, and lots more topics coming up. So don't. I'm going to sign off now. So as I said, if you have any topics you think we should cover, thank you so much for joining me and just drop them in the, co just drop them in the comments. So glad to have you here. Take care. Mm -hmm.